0: We are recording this is the first snap hook podcast
1: it's actually happening
0: it is happening so that is jeremy and i am mike we are going to be doing this podcast for you it's going to be all things golf photography and videography we just want to highlight the people who are out there who are doing awesome things follower count not matter so many people are making cool stuff that maybe aren't playing the social media game but are doing some amazing amazing things i don't know jeremy what do you think
1: Yeah. All the time I see people, I think there's so many more photographers. It's easier to take pictures now. You can just get a camera and you can see what other people are doing. You can learn on YouTube and you can just get out there and take pictures. The more you take, the more you learn. Yep. So I'm always fascinated by the stuff I see that I'm blown away by. And it's someone you've never even heard of. That's what I love.
0: I also think this community of golfers and golf photographers is so welcoming as well. So many people are open to helping you along the way, answering questions. I'm sure everybody who carries a camera and takes a picture has been asked by somebody what kind of camera they have, what kind of lens do they have, what should they start out with? So. Those are the type of questions that we want to answer here. And we want to get the insight of, I think we have 50 people on our guest list that we want to interview, get their insight as to where they started and how this is all going to go. We also want to talk gear. I think that's another topic that we're going to want to discuss. So we're going to use the long, knowledgeable history of Jeremy and the very young me to kind of talk through all this stuff. So I think the first thing we should do is understand who is Jeremy and who is Mike. So let's go ahead and start with you, Jeremy. Tell us your name, your Instagram handle, and kind of how this all started for you.
1: So I'm Jeremy Freeman. Most people know me as Golf Ball Gallery on Instagram, which is just a bunch of pictures of golf balls, which can be limiting at times because I've made my page look so specific. But also Jeremy Freeman Photo on Instagram. And I've been a professional photographer for 15, 16 years now, and most people in the golf world don't know that I worked for originally Turner Broadcasting, Warner Brothers Discovery now for the past 15 years, and I'm transitioning out of that and going into freelance and getting to shoot whatever I want. But golf is my passion, and golf is the thing that I do when I have free time. So at some point, I just started shooting more when I was playing and enjoying it. And the golf ball thing happened. At one point, I was at my parents' house their attic. They've been there for 40 years, 45 years. And found my grandfather, who's passed many years ago, his old golf bag. And I never played with him. There were some old top flight balls in there, like nothing fancy. And I decided, how do I photograph these? And how do I do something to make them look interesting? And that's where the golf ball gallery photos came from. It started as just my grandfather's golf stuff. And then pretty quickly, I just made the Instagram page. And I had a bunch of random logos. And you start going on eBay and finding stuff. Golf Digest reached out within the first few months of me doing it. And they are like, hey, can we do a story about this? So a few months in, suddenly I had this story in Golf Digest, and it was a two-page spread with a bunch of my photos. And I did an interview, and they did a story about it. Then the Sugarloaf Golf guys shared it. I remember I was in New York. I live in Atlanta, and I was in New York taking pictures of our new building up there. It was Hudson Yards. Late night in this building by myself and suddenly my phone is blowing up. And it was new followers rolling in on my Instagram page. I think I had like two hundred followers, mostly friends. Mm -hmm. And suddenly it is all night. Bing, 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 bing. I think that night I gained two thousand followers. Oh, that's awesome. And it's like, oh shit, this is real now. (laughs) Like This is something that I'm just doing for fun and now people are really into it. But that was just my intro. I started meeting people like you and all these other people in the golf world. There's this whole community that we've made friends with all these people and played with, gone out and take photos with. It's such a good group. I remember Matt Cardis at one point when he was still doing his golf tour, he was in Atlanta and I just sent him a DM and I was like, Hey, do you need a place to stay in Atlanta? He came and crashed here and we hung out for a week because I have a little Airbnb in my backyard. But photography for me, though, going back to just where I got into photography, I grew up doing it with my dad. Nothing exciting. My dad was a construction worker, but he always had a good camera and always had a slightly better camera than you would expect someone to have. We would just shoot all the time go on vacation, go to the Bahamas or whatever, and just take pictures. And I never knew what I wanted to do with my life as far as work or anything. I went to college, and I took a photography class in freshman year, and I was like, this is it. I want to do this. Then I went to school for photography and have a degree in it, which, let me tell you, a degree in photography, pretty useless. (laughs) what do you need a piece of paper that says i have a bachelor's (laughs) degree in photography from the art institute it does nothing but then i became an intern at turner broadcasting it's an interesting story while i was in school they had an editorial class and i thought i wanted to do sports photography that was what i was into and most people in the class were going to their local high school game or little league i called the atlanta braves and said can i get a press pass any game can i just get a press pass to come to a game and they said yeah we can give you one for a Wednesday night game. So I went and rented that giant white lens, 4028 massive. And I'm in the dugout and I'm on cloud nine. So excited and I'm shooting and learning all this stuff. And I start talking to this guy beside me and just another photographer there. There's always a few. And he's asking me questions, and later on, he gives me his card. He's like, oh, if you need any advice, just give me a call. And it just said, Mark Hill Photography. A few months later, I need an internship, and I call him. It turns out he gave me his normal card, but he was the head photographer at Turner Broadcasting. (laughs) So I became the intern at Turner Broadcasting. This was 2005, I believe. I learned more in that internship about lighting, lighting. And that's where I changed. I'm going to be a studio portrait television photographer. But I thought never in a million years will I get that job. Mm-hmm. There's four staff guys that work there. So a couple years later, I freelance for them. I assist for them, help them with lighting, do whatever. And then one of the guys gets injured and broke his wrist and they asked me to come fill in. While I'm there, one of the other guys gets fired and I'm there doing the job. So I end up getting my dream job. That's awesome. then suddenly I'm like, oh, wait, this is real. And at the time we owned the Atlanta Braves. So I was shooting Braves games. I was doing portraits of CNN anchors. I'm doing all this stuff. And for 15 years, that's been my career. All I do is shoot stills. It can be anything from the match has been one of my favorite things I've been able to do in the past few years because my golf love came together with my photography love.
0: Well, let's um, just clarify because you just didn't do any match. You did like, <laughs> the, I mean, the match, JT, Rory, Tiger, Jordan. Yeah. I mean, and it was like the one.
1: That was one of the greatest experiences in my life because not only was it go down and shoot these amazing people, but I'm the staff photographer for TNT. So I'm getting to go wherever I want because I had done a few of them at that point. Normally, if you watch a professional tournament, the photographers have areas they have to stay in. Mm -hmm. they're staying back if you've watched any of the last five matches you've seen me Mm -hmm. because the camera guys know me and i go wherever i can go to get the shot and they're fine with it Mm -hmm. so i've had this like huge luxury that i can run out there and get the stuff oh i remember
0: watching it and seeing you and taking pictures being like dude there you are and it was cart tiger and then there's jeremy just right in the middle you could spit on tiger's ball you'd
1: be so close (laughs) I may have touched his putter to get a photo of it because it was half in the bag and I needed to get a shot of it. And for the record, he had the putter with no cover on it, just rolling down through there. Oh my God. Important (laughs) lesson. It's a tool, not a treasure. It's an important lesson right there. There it is. So yeah, I've been doing this forever and now I get a chance to do whatever I want for a little while and try some different stuff. So one, do you remember the first time that we actually met? At the Ringer.
0: Yep. Yep. I was walking yep. with Tyson down hole four at Sweetens and you were cruising yep. in the cart and I had the photo where you just zoomed in on my ankles wearing my joggers. And that was the picture. Yeah. I was I'm thinking about that the other right day. Now,
1: I have made that your profile when you call me, that's the photo that comes <laughs> up. Just the ankles, nothing else. Just the ankles. It's only <laughs> ankles and a little bit of shadow.
0: Perfect. <laughs> that's amazing. I, I have so many questions. So As you're going through college and you're going to photography school, what was your thought process as far as, did you ever think, what am I going to do with this when I'm done? What kind of career opportunities are out there? Am I going to try and be a National Geographic photographer? Am I going to try and work for a team? Did you think, of am I just going to be a freelancer? Right, I'm learning all this stuff now, all these different avenues that you can go down as far as photography goes. But if you would ask me, 15 years ago, i had been like, dude, I don't know. I have no idea where that would lead you to.
1: A hundred percent. And it's a joke that my dad makes all the time of that. I went to photography school and he's like, I don't know what you're going to do with that. He's like, I know people that are wedding photographers. I know which for the record, wedding photographers, good ones are amazing and can make so much money. And I respect them so much. Need to say that. What a grind. It's It's such a grind. But early on, everyone has that National Geographic phase. My first year of college, I was in Hawaii because I didn't know what I want to do with my life. And that's when the volcano was erupting and pouring into the ocean. And I would go out there early in the morning before the sunrise and take those beautiful lava photos. So everyone has that phase. But then I was like, I want to do sports. I always loved sports. I didn't know what it was. At the time, baseball was big to me. Golf was always there, but I never thought about it that way at the time. Then the more you get into it, the more you learn about commercial photography and doing ads and doing all this stuff that you get more control over it. Mm -hmm. And that fascinated me. A great example is at one point, TNT aired NASCAR. I'd been to a NASCAR event before to take photos, and you're chasing the driver in the pits, and it's chaos, and you're fighting for space. The next time I went, I'm set up to do portraits and all these drivers are coming to me. Mm. So I don't have to chase them. Mm -hmm. They come to me and I take their photos because they need it for on air and all these other things. So that was where you learn you don't have to get narrowed into one thing. But I always liked having a little more say in what we did as opposed to just relying on what was happening. Mm-hmm. That was always a big draw to me. But at the same time, there was a period where I almost became the brave staff photographer. And now I know the person who does that and he's so much better at it than me. I'm so glad he does it. It came down to my job that I ended up getting. But at the same time, The Braves were going to need a full-time photographer because they had been sold off from Turner. And I was kind of in between the two. I'm so glad I chose what I did because anything like that, you're working crazy hours and weekends and everything. The only reason I wanted it is I wanted to one day get a World Series ring, Mm -hmm. which my friend ended up getting one. (laughs) That's awesome.
0: That that is awesome. Yeah, That's so sweet. I mean, you've done some awesome stuff. Is there anything, whether it be sports or something else, that you would like to go and take pictures for, right? Whether it's a cricket game or a rugby game. Is there anything you're like, man, I would really love to give that a soccer game, right? be awesome to take photos for the MLS team there in Atlanta. Anything of that nature, you're like, I'd really like to give that a go.
1: It's weird. Over the years, like I said, I like to have a little bit more say in it. So the advertising side is way more interesting to me. And that's why I respect, and I think it is a learned thing, when you're a really good sports photographer they can cover a football game, MLS game, you're really good at anticipating the action Mm -hmm. and moving quick. I think there was a time that I was better at that when I was younger. And now I'm over 40, and it can be grueling a little bit to do those games. Mm -hmm. So I'm more interested in doing the photos with the star of the team for whatever ad that they're going to work on. I'd much rather do that and get something unique and interesting. And also a big thing you can learn is sometimes you get this talent for a short period of time, but I've managed to get an extra setup and not just do the one that we need, but do like a cool portrait for myself on the side. Yeah. That the, it's half the time ends up getting used because they like it. They want this, but then I was like, oh, well, what if we do this over here too? And the talent ends up liking that. That's awesome. Yeah. That's really cool. Nice. Well, let's pull this into
0: the golf photography part of this all, right? So we've talked about your first job that you've got in the golf world. Have you got any opportunities from either courses or other companies or anything to... Do photography in the golf space specifically, outside of the match, obviously.
1: Yeah. I ended up through Golf Ball Gallery. And what I did there, Pinfold is a brand that's been around. It was around in the 20s. And I had a bunch of their older golf balls because it had a cool look to it. It had multiple numbers on it. It was unique at the time. Mm they're really old ones. Someone revamped that. I've connected with them. They needed some photography for different things. They needed lifestyle. They've done new bags and new golf balls, all sorts of stuff that they're coming out with. And it's more of a heritage brand. Mm -hmm. Um, It's about the idea of what this look is. It's more vintage and more interesting. I've partnered with them to showcase their brand. And it's been fun to get out In fact, I have a shoot coming up in a couple weeks that we're going to go up to Sweetens and spend a couple days going around taking photos of all their new products coming out for next year.
0: That's awesome.
1: And then same thing for Beach Ratty. I did a couple custom logo balls for them because they didn't even have a logo ball. So I created one making my look to it. Oh, that's so cool and then put that out you'll go into some pro shops right now and the signage will be one of my golf ball photos with their logo on it that's sweet yeah so it's little things like that and it's literally just meeting people randomly Mm -hmm. like the beach ratty i met the local sales rep here in atlanta and we connected and then it just rolled into that and i've met more of their team and it's just a fun opportunity That's awesome.
0: That's so cool that they're using your logo at some of their clubs that they're selling into. That's really cool. So when you're going to go and do the Penfold stuff, I I get a question like this. When you're out there shooting at a golf course, I'm assuming you're going to bring your sticks and play a little bit as well, right? Yep. So is it going to be a morning time Capture that light, do some pictures that way, play golf in the afternoon, then twilight photos, or are you guys going to sprinkle the golf with the pictures? How are you guys going to break that up a little bit to get what the company is looking for? Also enjoy the time of being on the golf course. How's that work for you?
1: Yeah, I think light is always key on these advertising type photos. We were having a conversation the other day about that. And I think it's interesting when you're doing an ad, you're creating a feel. For me, I think it's less about the product. You're creating this feeling of being on a golf course at a beautiful time of day in a beautiful setting. So that's what we will do. We will get up in the morning, be out there early, get some stuff. And yeah, then we'll take a break. We'll play a little golf because that's the advantage of sweetens is you can play all day. But we also pick this time of year where we know some of the taller grass is up Mm. because it being a British brand, we wanted to show that taller, heather-looking atmosphere, and then we will be in there, and as the sun's going down, we'll still continue to be shooting. But I think it's always important on those to make sure in that downtime where the light might not be the best, you can find other things to shoot. Mm Mm-hmm. Like use the open shade under the awning or whatever it may be to create something because there are times where no matter what, you're not going to have the lighting you want. Mm -hmm. It could be cloudy that day and you're going to make it work. You can't always control the weather. That's the one thing about outdoor golf photography. You can't control it every time. Mm -hmm. You can plan as much as you want, but that can change in any given day. Do you use any apps to help you kind of find, okay, at
0: At this location, at this time of the day, the sun is going to be here. And if you just went to Southwest Ireland, were you kind of scouting that out to say, okay, I need to be at this spot by this time if I want to get the light right? Or maybe you just don't know when the sun is going to rise while you're there. And where the sun is going to be rising in correlation to where you're going to be. Do you have any apps or any tools that you use for that kind of stuff?
1: Yeah, absolutely. There's multiple different apps that are specific to track the sun. Mm Mm-hmm. And you can hold it up, and it'll tell you at what time where it's going to be, and you can find that exact spot. Because, yeah, especially for ads, I think it's very important. I need the sun to be there for this. So if, if the sun's going to be there, I need to move over into this spot. It also helps if it's a course you play a lot because you know roughly where the sun's going to fall. Um, yeah, I always think that's nice. You know this time of day if you're over by this spot, like it Sweetens, I know The sun starts falling off on holes four and five first, and then it comes across. So you can plan for that. I think that is always important to know where the sun's going to be.
0: I think that's one thing that so many people don't take into consideration when they're taking pictures. They just think everybody – it's my assumption. I'm not going to talk for the masses in general, but – it was my assumption that everybody was just able to make awesome photos and maybe make it work and post. I've been dabbling with ND filters for mid-time days to like see if that will help me out a little bit, and it has. And it's kind of given a really cool color to some of my photos as well. But there are different tools out there that can help assist you during those harsh hours. But at the end of the day, when light is good, light is
1: good. Now, that's a question I have for you on the NDs. Do you put them on your drone? You know, it's so funny. I was just talking
0: to somebody about this. Oh, Pack Northwest golfer. I have, but I haven't really dabbled into them because I, I still struggle with the drone in regards to getting that super crispy photo. Like I'll take a photo and be like, all right, that was pretty cool. So we were talking about, what are you doing to get that crispiness? And he's like, dude, if I'm taking a shot, it's taking me five minutes to get everything dialed in. And if I need to pull that drone down and stick an ND filter, I will. So I admittedly have not started dabbling in it as far as going out and being, okay, it's super harsh today. I'm just going to put an ND filter on there and see what's going to happen. But it's on my list of things to start getting more
1: into. I'm the same way. I am newer into the drone photography and I love it, but there are some little setups because I'm the same way. I pull down a photo and I look at it and it's not what I want it to be. Mm-hmm. It's not exactly what I'm looking for quality and everything else. So yeah, we'll work on that together.
0: That'd be good. Yeah. this <laughs> We can use this as a session to talk about that stuff.
1: Let's do a little bit of like,
0: we're going to call this portion of the interview, the burst or the this, this fast shutter, right? So a couple questions, we're just going to fire away. So if you don't use something that we have in there, you're more than welcome to tell us what you do use. And then we also want to talk about what you have in the bag. And I think it'll be awesome to finish off your part of the conversation with tips for people who are wanting to pick up that camera, but just don't have that in it to like, okay, I'm going to do it. Right. There's just a little bit of hesitation in there. So let's start with the burst shot or however we want to call it. It's a working title. I like the burst shutter. I think the burst shutter. Okay, cool. We'll do that. We'll do that. All right. We'll start here. So we're either going to go early morning
1: shot or golden hour shot. So I think golden hour has better light i always think it's just a little bit warmer more often than not you get a little bit warmer of a light for golden hour there's been many times where i've been out first thing in the morning i'm trying to get that sunrise photo and it tends to happen so quick for Mm -hmm. some reason Mm -hmm. Is my experience and you, you have to get up early you're a little groggy and you're trying to drink your coffee and then all of a sudden oh it's done Yep. It's, it's over.
0: Yep. It's there. It's there. All right. When you are taking pictures, do you prefer to walk or to ride in a cart?
1: I always prefer to walk. The exceptions have been if you're carrying a really big lens, it's helpful to have a cart or at the match when everyone's in a golf cart and those guys always have souped up golf carts and you're having to try to catch up. <laughs> I've always had a to driver too, which has helped so I can jump in and out quickly. But if it's up to me, I'm walking every time.
0: Yep same all right film or digital
1: so digital for the ease of it but i love film yeah i have this panoramic film camera that is very specific it's 120 film and it takes this huge negative it's probably six inches across two and a half inches tall and you get four shots of it for a roll of 120 which you would normally get three times that oh wow so what I love about this is you have to think about it. You you don't just sit there and fire off photos. You have to set it up, meter it right, wait for the light to be right, and then hit the shutter. So some of my favorite photos are that because I think it's meditative. It slows you down. Mm-hmm. And you have to take your time, wait for the exact right moment, and then fire it.
0: Oh, it's like truly the art of setting it all up. I love that. I love that. All right. Zoom or prime lenses.
1: I think a zoom can be so helpful on a golf course specifically. And I think it's because golf course is just so big. Mm-hmm. If you think about any other sport, think about the size of a basketball court, a tennis court, even a baseball field is not as big. You could hit your pitching wedge from home plate and hit it out of the park. But golf is so massive. So I think it's always good to have the option to zoom in whenever you need it.
0: Mm -hmm. I, I always equate walking around a golf course with a prime lens to having a half set in your bag, right? It forces you to get very creative as you walk around. And there are times where I'll hit photography slumps or I get super bored and feel like I'm just doing the same thing over and over again. And I'll throw a prime on and be like, okay, now I have to get creative. I can't just zoom in and get that flag that I want from 200 yards away. I gotta figure out a way to get close, but take in maybe the rest of the scenery around me. But yeah, I'm with you. The, the more zoom, the more reach, the better off.
1: Real quick, that's going to segue perfect. I need to just go on this one because you are going to ask some little tips for new people. Okay. The prime lens is what I tell people to start with. If you can get a 50 millimeter prime lens and get really good with that, you can do anything. Ooh. Because what you just said, it teaches you to move it teaches you to get in the spot you need to without relying on a zoom lens to get up close to something. It's easy to take a portrait of someone from far away Mm -hmm. and like zoom in, but to do it with a prime, you have to get up close and personal with them. Yeah, I think that that is a huge lesson. And I've done that for a friend years ago that wanted to learn. I was teaching him and I was like, get the 51.8. At the time it was a $200 Canon lens and it was great. But Learn with this. Do this, and then you can move on from that and learn anything you want. Oh, I love that. That's a great recommendation.
0: That's a very good recommendation. All right, so the last one is, depending on what you do, whether it's video or uh, photo, Lightroom or Lightroom Classic.
1: I'm going to throw a curveball in here, and I use a software called Capture One. Okay. It is very similar to Lightroom. In fact, Lightroom took a bunch of the stuff from Capture One to create their software. It started off as shooting on set, tethered, your camera's connected to the computer, and you're seeing the photos come in right away. Now it's all about the same, Lightroom's caught up, but at the time when it came out, it was the best processing for color and everything else. It was just a comfort thing for me. It I know how to use it. I could switch over and figure it out pretty quick, but I can run everything through there so quick without thinking about it. Mm-hmm. That's my go-to. So capture one, and then if I need to take anything in Photoshop after that, I will, but okay. I try not
0: to. Okay, I have not heard of capture one, so that's a new one. All right, so let's talk about what's in the camera bag, and we don't need to break down the camera bag and every lens and every body and everything you have going on, but let's let's talk about you're heading out the boys. You're going to do a golf trip. And you're throwing some bodies, you're throwing some lenses in the bag to take with you so that you can capture some photos. What does that setup look like?
1: So my go-to, if I am just on the course, Ireland, great example. I I was just there. We played 10 rounds and you walk everywhere. Mm -hmm. Canon R5 70 to 200 was what I used 95% of the trip. It is easy to carry. I use a peak design clamp that goes onto my bag i can get to it easy whenever i need to it's small enough that it can still fit into a smaller sunday bag that's my go-to standard if i want to have some fun i've been known to pull out a tilt shift lens and totally play around with it oh Uh, yeah you can do some interesting stuff again because golf courses are so big it, it becomes a little cliche at times if you don't do it right but you can make some little miniature looking things, but I only do that occasionally. looks like a lot of fun. Yeah. And I've gotten into the drones lately. I have the Mini Pro 3, Mm -hmm. which is just so easy to use Mm -hmm. and it's fun to play with. Mm, They are. Taking it out with some friends and throwing it up in the air, especially if you're waiting on someone or if it's a slow round, take it out there and fly it over or you can program it to do a circle around the group. Yep. while you're walking and feel like this beautiful shot, then all the time I'll land it up just by the green as we're walking up and pick it up and walk away. Because yep. I do have a problem with slow play and I never want to, I, I I don't have a problem. I have a problem with people that play slow. Sure, yep. So I'm a big fan of keep it moving. So I only use the drone when I know that I'm going to be able to do it quickly.
0: I love that. Yeah, the drones are so much fun. Just had a tough
1: time keeping them out of the trees over here. But the new ones make it so much easier for you. Yeah, I turn it off and it ends up going in there. <laughs> the first time I really crashed mine, I was up at the course the Sugarloaf guys bought. Oh. And this was last year. They had just bought it. Yeah. It was October. I happened to be up in the town next to it for work. I messaged them, hey, can I go check it out? And they're like, oh, go up there. Go see it. It was just Daniel out there cutting the grass. And I'm talking, he was cutting grass that was waist high that had not been cut in years so him and i go walk around and all right i'm gonna take it way up there and fly it in and get close to the ground and take it all the way to the clubhouse i turned off the obstacle avoidance and came down low and put it right into the ground it it was fine nothing bad (laughs) happened but i crashed it real hard on on that one Oh, that feeling of when something happens to it, and you're just like, oh, no, what did I do? It's but it's always great for the bloopers.
0: Oh, it is. It is. So we were at Northwood and we played in the morning and there was one guy out there all by himself. And I'm going to do this really cool sweeping shot of him walking and then setting his bag down. I came over the clubhouse and over hole six. And I did it a couple times. and was looking, OK, I'm high enough. I'm going to miss the trees because the trees there are huge, huge. So I'm looking at the screen, and I'm watching it, and it's going, and all of a sudden I see all these branches are coming into view, and oh, no. And all of a sudden I see it, and then I hear, and then, (laughs) so I got the shot, and then I also got the fall that immediately destroyed the drone. I had to send it back and get it taken care of.
1: And I think the shot of it falling is so much fun to watch. Oh, Even though you know how much money it costs you.
0: (laughs) Thankfully, it wasn't as expensive as I was thinking it was going to be, but it's not quite right. So if I do a sweep and then I spin the gimbal in the other direction, it does this weird hard tilt. So I got to send it back and have them look at it again. Tough scene. Tough scene. Hey, Whatever it
1: takes to get the shot.
0: Right? All right. Last question for you. All right. Inspire somebody to pick up the camera and start shooting. What tips for aspiring photographers... Tell somebody why they should pick up a camera and start shooting. Let them know how to get started with this
1: i think the most important thing is it's so easy now if you look at how many photos have been taken and the iphone made a huge difference in the world but there's some crazy stat that i'll have to look up but it's like the number of photos taken before the camera phone and point and shoot cameras were made it was like every day since the iphone was made that many photos were taken again so there's nothing stopping you from doing it i love having a photo of my buddies from a golf trip And to have those memories to look back at, like my Ireland trip that I was just there with three other friends, and to look back at those pictures of us together, it's the best way to remember that and have that picture hanging on your wall or send it to them on their birthday and laugh about it. And remember when we did this, and it's just Mm -hmm. like such a great time. You can learn so easily these days. You can watch a YouTube video, the more you do it and the more you see a photo and you're like, how did they do that? You can figure it out now. Mm -hmm. I think it's important to try it. Ask people for advice all the time. I've been doing this for 15 years, longer than that. And I learn stuff all the time from people. I have photo assistants that I've worked with for so long that these people set up lighting for movie posters you've seen and all this different stuff. And every time I learn something from them, I think that that's the most important thing is don't be afraid to ask questions. Don't be afraid to just keep trying, but just don't play slow.
0: (laughs) That is a huge part of it. A huge part of it. That was awesome. Well, Jeremy, that was good. That was real good.
1: All right. Well, now, now it's your turn. But first, a quick word from our friends that help us bring this podcast to you. Hey guys, it's Jeremy here
0: to talk about Precision Pro. Mike here. Back in the day, I did a lot of research on rangefinders and I came to the conclusion that Precision Pro was the best option for me.
1: I had a different brand rangefinder in my bag for the longest time until I discovered the Precision Pro NX10 Slope. I love the easy to lock on target, the lifetime battery
0: replacement warranty, the three-year warranty, and it allows me to change my skins for my personal touch.
1: Mine has a custom skin from when I did a 100-hole hike for youth on course at sweetens cove last year that way every time i pulled out of my bag i'm reminded of how good that day
0: was so make sure you go to precisionpro.com use code pins 20 and get yourself a new rangefinder let's talk about the most important item in your golf bag your glove we here at snapbook connected with joe lusa the owner and creator of benti golf
1: Gloves. And have been wearing their gloves for the past year as golfers we put so much thought into our fit it blows us away when people have old beat up or the standard big box manufacturing gloves Benzie gloves are made of premium grade cabretta leather at the price point that is hard to beat our favorite gloves are the elephant print 7210 and the chapel hill visit them at benziegolf.com and follow them on instagram at benzygolf and we're back are you ready i am yeah you did All most right. of the talking there i didn't talk a whole lot i know well, now i want to hear about you because we know each other a little bit but we don't know each other that well right yeah we've messaged back and forth on instagram we've met once we've just missed each other a few times we yep. come to san francisco so now i want to know why you do this how did you get into it so i got into this Because of Instagram, right? I got on
0: Instagram because it was a cool thing to do. Everybody was sharing photos, and I love to look at travel and I love to look at golf. I saw everybody taking photos, and I thought to myself, I can do this, right? It started with the iPhone, snapping with the iPhone, oversaturating everything, looking like just utter trash, filters, whatever. It was terrible. Then I went and I played a round of golf at Pinehurst and I was talking with Christian Hafer. I was asking him, where do, where do I start? What, do, what am I supposed to do here? And He's like, go buy this camera, comes with some kit lenses, and then just have fun that way. So, okay, I did that and I was getting comfortable. And then I was like, why does everybody else's photos look so good? Right? I, I don't understand. I'm sticking this thing on auto and letting this just fire away and go. That's when I moved out to California, I have all these beautiful places to play golf. I'm going to go get a lesson or take a class and actually learn what am I doing with this camera? How am I supposed to use this thing? What does F mean? And you tell me I can't just take my ISO and bump it up to 3200 and make it lighter that way. So I was learning through all that. And I I learned a lot from the class. It was once a week for three weeks. And I learned some really cool stuff and started learning. You throw something in. Lightroom Classic, and you can edit that way. And that's an evolving thing as well. I'm watching YouTube videos all the time. I'm reading an article. It's try this, do this, throw the highlights down. Let's maybe bump the exposure up or down, whatever I'm looking for. And we'll start working with it that way. Then try messing with colors a little bit. Don't be afraid to throw a little saturation on there. So it's been this evolving thing. But I think one of the things you came back to and said is I wanted to ultimately take pictures so that I could capture and share all the cool places that people can aspire to go to or maybe never have the chance to go to and see those type of places right that's the reason i'm looking at other people's pictures to say where's the next place i want to go if i know that i'm never going to be able to play golf in new zealand i want to see what new zealand golf still looks like that's the reason why i started picking up a camera and and shooting away and taking pictures and i've gotten friends to do the same and i have buddies who are like hey no camera
1: today and i'm like okay cool man i'm fine with that (laughs) I respect that. I I totally respect it because it can do two things. It can affect your game. Yep. And sometimes when you point a camera at someone, they can sense it. Yep. Oh, yeah. And especially if you're playing a match, maybe if there's money on the line. Yep. They feel the pressure. Yep. They do. Yep. Yeah. So where did you take classes at? I jumped online
0: and it was five minutes from the house and some guy doing it solo. It was like, Hey, this is my after work grind. I think maybe he's a freelance photographer. And I'm just here to kind of show you guys what to do. And it was great because at the time I had a Sony a 6,000, no G master lenses, nothing fancy. And then you got this 50 year old mom who's walking in with a Canon R5, R6. She got the red ring on the lens. You know that she went hard and that she was like, wait, I spent $6,000 on this setup and my pictures still look like crap. What's going on here?
1: I need to take my kids' softball pictures and make them look good. Yeah. How do I figure this out?
0: Yep, exactly. Exactly. All her pictures are just blurred because her shutter speed's 1 over 80 or something. Yep.
1: (laughs) I've done those lessons many times of people. Why do these indoor volleyball photos look blurry? No problem. We got this. We'll figure it out.
0: (laughs) Yep. You could just buy a pixel and it just fixes it for you. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, A.I. will fix it all. Oh, goodness. That's a whole other episode.
1: So who was your inspiration? Seeing things on Instagram obviously inspired you to pick it up. Was there anyone, you mentioned Hafer, but was there anyone else that was like, this is what I want to try to emulate and then go beyond?
0: Yeah, I think it's all the photographers that we all know, right? Hafer, Walton, Marsh, JP Ogpin, Ali, you know, those guys. And then Matt Hahn, for instance, he hasn't technically been doing it that long And he comes up and I'm still pulling inspiration from so many people, but I'm still not the photography junkie that knows, oh, this photographer took that photo. And I haven't gotten to that point yet. I can still find pictures where I'm like, I think maybe Han took that photo. And I'll DM be like, dude, your photo? And he's like, yeah, that's fine. I'm like, okay, that's cool. But yeah, it was just those guys, like the people that I was having conversations with via DM were also the same guys that were helping me through the journey. And those were my people of inspiration to be like. Yeah, I want to take a photo of that level. That's really cool. I, I don't want to do that photo, but I want to take a picture like that photo.
1: And I think that's always the case. And that's something that happens always. I don't want to replicate it, but I want to take inspiration and emulate and be at that level is, mm-hmm. I think, a good way to, to look at it. Mm-hmm. So at what point have you started to transition it from just a hobby to maybe it's a little bit of an actual Job at times, even a little freelance, or is there any of that going on?
0: There is, and it's funny because it started because I didn't want to pay for golf. So like, <laughs> I was a like, great, great inspiration. Yeah, I was like, I don't want to pay for the round kind of golf, so I would reach out to to courses that I knew I was going to, and I actually just did it today. I'd reach out to courses like, hey, listen, I'm going to have my camera and my drone. Do you guys want to do a trade for pictures for play? And admittedly, there's a lot of denial and. There are times where you do get a little hurt by like, dude, what's going on? How come I I can't get this? They're picking this person over me. Come on. They're not that much better than I am. And there are the ones that hit. And the ones that hit, for instance, shout out to Stonebrae, who's out in my area. David McClay, Kid Course, absolutely fantastic. You appreciate those people and that place so much more because I reached out and was like, hey, here's a deal. And they're like, yes, we know who you are, Humble brag. Um. Yeah. And we love what you do. We want you to come out. And from that day forward, it's been, you know, you have free range to do whatever you want. You want to fly the drone, fly the drone. You want to get here at five o'clock in the morning before the sun's here, get here five o'clock in the morning. You want to stay here when the light drops and it's dark and you want to do something cool, do that. So uh, I appreciate that team and that place so much because they let me experiment and uh, refine this photography craft but yeah that was the main driver i just didn't want to pay for golf and it's any other things i don't want to pay for clothes i don't want to pay for clubs hey somebody want to like pay for this for me and I'll, i'll take some pictures and it hits but it's very rare that it hits as often as it seems to be made that it does right
1: yeah well, now our goal is we're going to take you to the next step. We're going to get them to pay you to do that. While we're doing this, it's going to be part of our growing process together because the stuff is good. So we're going to get them to not only do that and let you come and play, but we're going to get you paid on top of that. Oh, I think I, that's what we're moving towards.
0: We've, we've gotten some of those. There have been some checks that have come in. Hey, this is pretty cool, little side grind. But, you know, we need to get to the point where somebody's like, let us give you all the photography stuff you need and, you know, long-term goals. you got to have long-term goals here.
1: I agree. I think that's a, that's a good thing to look forward to. So what's been one of your favorite shoots that you've done?
0: Oh, I went out to Paco Ridge last year and my first time ever playing golf in New Mexico, my first time seeing that golf course. And I think it was cool because I saw the course for the first time and it was again, free range, do whatever you want. And I just really, really enjoyed the landscape of the golf course I enjoyed the team that was there. I enjoyed the photos that came out of it. It was a blast just to run around out there and do that. And the Grayson did an event there. And I took some photos for that and gave them to those guys that highlighted the Wolfpack events that they put together and was their member guest. So it was cool to partner with them for that part of it all, too. But that was just one of those things where new course, eye opening, and the pictures that came out, I was like, this is sick. This is so cool. It was that rejuvenator you needed when you just feel like you're taking the same flag photo or the same bunker photo every time you go out and play golf
1: i completely agree a a setting like that somewhere like new mexico or utah courses that are so different visually than you see other places living here in the south a lot of courses tend to look pretty similar i'm Mm -hmm. in atlanta and you see a lot of courses that have that similar design Mm mm-hmm so to see something like that is so unique that I could see where that would really push you to go a little bit farther and inspire you a little extra.
0: Yeah, it's cool though, because in Atlanta, you have Sweden's, you have so many good golf courses. I know Sweden's isn't in Atlanta, it's in Tennessee, but you have so many cool golf courses in Atlanta too. And then you have Macklemore, that's not far away either. And Macklemore, that 18th hole is pretty cool to take pictures of. That's not far to be able to capture stuff. That's one of the things I love about northern california i can go to tahoe and take pictures or i can drive down to monterey and i'm taking pictures at spyglass or spanish bay or whatever and it's so many different options to take photos of even that back nine at pacific grove oh beautiful Absolutely. i was beautiful.
1: out there last year by myself and went and played and it's it's incredible
0: yeah oh yeah everything about it is incredible
1: it's so cool I'm I'm actually playing Macklemore for the first time in a few weeks. I've Are you? I've never played it, and on my trip up to Sweden's, we're stopping there first. It's super cool. I can't wait to hear what you think about the course and the 18th hole specifically. I'm excited to see it. We timed it where we will be playing late afternoon. Yeah. So by the time we get to 18, and we talked about this, it'll be for pinfold, and let's make sure we have nice light when we're getting to those last few holes. Yeah, yeah. that's Awesome. All right, are you ready for Burst Shutter?
0: Let's rock and roll. All
1: right, so what is your go-to as far as Premiere Pro, Lightroom?
0: I rock with Lightroom Classic. I thought it was going to be taken from me a while ago, and I was able to keep it. And I am very comfortable in Lightroom Classic, so that's my go-to.
1: And I think comfort is key on all of these. Yes. Whatever you know how to do quickly, I've even changed menus back to Vintage Design so I can get to it easier. Yep, yep. Yeah. I'm completely the same way. All right. Morning or twilight? I love twilight golf, especially somewhere like
0: Harding Park. You got the trees up and you get that golden glow casting through the trees. Similar to what you said, but I just think it's very hard to beat a good golden hour.
1: Yeah. I think you get a big advantage being so close to the ocean and being on the West Coast. The light is a little different. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. not getting blocked by pine trees or mountains or anything it is mm-hmm. going out of the ocean so you get a little extra i think you're very lucky on that one
0: I, I will say early morning fog in monterey it's a vibe
1: i do agree with that and the last time i was out there i went and played northwood and booked oh, the first tea time oh yeah because i knew that fog was going to be there oh so i think that is the exception if you that is get the-, the fog morning yeah. all day
0: oh morning oh totally agree totally agree
1: absolutely i i I mean walking or riding i already know the answer to this
0: walking yeah i just feel like when you're walking you're slowing down right you're taking that time to look your ball might be right ahead of you but you might take the long way to get to that ball because the angle that you're going to get of the photo that you want is to be able to capture it when the cart you kind of just get in this mode of like zoom 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 go 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 or maybe the cart can't go in a spot that you need to be so, yeah, I'm I'm totally happy walking. I played Bally Neal in May and I brought my camera with my big lens on it and I pulled it out of the bag and I set it down. The caddy looked at me and he was like, uh, and I go, don't worry, dude, you don't have to carry that. And he's like, OK, good. I wasn't going to. Well, good to know, <laughs> but I'll carry the camera.
1: Uh, every caddy I had in Ireland, same thing. They like yeah. looked at it. But then half the time they ended up like, here, let me hold it. Yeah. Uh, They were all great about it. Yeah. And do you prefer Zoom or Prime?
0: I prefer my 70 to 200 Zoom, but we were talking about in yours, I do think running out there with a Prime every now and again and being creative, maybe it's just nine holes or whatever it may be, it's good for the soul.
1: Yeah. I've even done some where there's a Fuji F100 that only has a 35 millimeter on it. Yeah, And I... What I love about that camera is it's so light and it was a great travel camera. I've I've used it for trips. But also, remember when we did the point and shoot film disposable challenge?
0: Yes, yes. Maybe we should bring that back.
1: Yeah, because you don't have any control over that. It is, here's some film, probably 400 speed film. You can maybe have one with a flash if you need it to give a little something extra. Yep. But shoot what you can kind of see through the thing. It's not even the same as what, It turns out to be.
0: Yeah. Ooh, maybe a working idea for March would be a point-and-shoot disposable camera bracket. Have people submit pictures, and we could do some type of bracket.
1: Yep, I like that. Or we could just meet up at March Madness. It is in Arizona this year. I'm in. Yeah, Gene, we're coming, bud. I may have been lucky enough to go play Desert Highland a couple weeks ago. I'm going to Arizona this
0: weekend, and we're playing TPC, Scottsdale, and Quintero.
1: All right. Uh, what kind of camera are you rocking? What's in your camera bag?
0: So, yeah, in the camera bag, I have a Sony a7 III that I actually bought from Keith Lally. Shout out, Keith, for that. I recently got a 70-200 to 2.8 G Master, which has been so good. And then I bought a Polar Pro ND filter for it. You know, I'm sucker for the name. So Peter McKinnon brand. So I've been rocking that. That's my go to that I always have with me. And then I have the DJI Air 2S drone. I've had that one for a while. And the girlfriend just recently informed me that she would like to purchase the DJI Air 3 Pro. So we're going to get that one so that she can get comfortable with the drone and that she wants the vertical, the vertical. photography. Yeah, for the gram, for the doggo. That's what I, I carry with me. I also think 24-70 to 70 is a cool lens to have with you when you're out there. But if you're at a big golf course, that reaches is, is really important.
1: Yeah, I'm the same way. I I always have a 24 to 70 around, but I've learned when I'm out playing with friends, it's not that too serious of a shoot. Most of the time, your iPhone is going to give you what you need in that wider range because mm-hmm. you don't want to carry two cameras. You don't want to have an extra mm-hmm. lens in the bag. If you're switching, you're not going to do it. Mm-hmm. If, if you're trying to play and keep up and Oh, enjoy no, it, no, 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 no. You're never going to want to switch
0: lenses. Never going to switch lenses. Absolutely not. Yeah, you roll in with one and that's what you're going with. And then you're right. We could do a whole thing on iPhone photography because I've said it before and I'll say it again. If you're using cinematic mode on the camera, please bump up the f-stop off a of 2.8, especially if you're swinging a golf club, people. DM me. I'll teach you how to do it. But we got to stop this. <laughs>
1: Uh, Look, my phone is old enough, I still don't even have that on there. Good. And I agree with you. You see it all the time. Oh, your club's out of focus. You can't see anything, and it's a weird, blurry, pixelated thing. Yeah. Yeah. Tries me nuts. I completely agree.
0: Tries me nuts.
1: So how many years would you say you've been shooting seriously? When did you take that class? Probably about three years. It's been, I'm being very serious about this. And that's impressive. Your stuff looks so good. So what would your tips be for people that are where you were three years ago, what would you tell them to do? Honestly, the biggest thing that I would ever tell anybody is you have
0: to be comfortable failing. You have to be comfortable knowing that you are going to pick up a camera and you're not going to take the best photo right away. It's just the reality of it. Nobody walks in a gym for the first time and bench presses 225. You're not going to pick up a camera and take an absolutely mind-blowing photo. You're going to make a lot of mistakes. You're going to learn a lot along the way. But you just have to be comfortable with that part of it. Comfortable making mistakes, comfortable learning from it, shaking it off and keep going, right? One of the other tips I give to people who ask me is pick up your camera, get something that you're, you're going to be good with, stick it on auto and just snap photos. And then as you're going through and you're reviewing those photos and you see something you like visually, look at all of the, the metrics by it. What was the shutter speed what was the iso what was the aperture and then note that okay with this i took a picture of the flag and i got f 25 or whatever and everything is really in focus i really like that look okay well note that so that next time you go and you're now shooting on manual you know how to flip and adjust and get that going and how to go back and forth so that's my biggest thing is don't be afraid to use auto review what you're looking at take your time slow down Make sure that what you want is in focus when you push that button. Make sure the frame is right. Composition is key. People love the composition of the photo. That's the most important part. So my inspiration or what I would tell people who are aspiring photographers. Go out there, shoot away, make all the mistakes in the world, and you'll be better on the other end.
1: I think that's exactly right, and that is what people need to hear. Your advice of looking at those numbers, because most people don't understand when they're starting. You have three numbers, your shutter speed, your f-stop, and your ISO. Those have to work together to get Mm -hmm. what you want. They're moving scale. If one moves, the other one moves. Mm -hmm. And most people don't understand that that's what's happening to get the look that you're trying to to Mm -hmm. pull off. And I think that that's a really smart way to do it. Try it out and then see which one and why is it like that? Why do I like it? Mm -hmm. And then dig deeper into it. Yep. and really no, smart. ISO is not your friend. It's not
0: going to make everything that much brighter for you.
1: I will say it's come a long way. It and has. We've only been doing this for three years. I'll tell you, some of the early digital cameras, you cranked that ISO up to even 1250 on some of the early ones. The pixels were so big and there was so <laughs> much noise in it. Because I also think that's a big thing, As cameras have gotten to a point there used to be this rush for megapixels. Who had the most? That's not a thing anymore. Low light is more important. They're kind of getting a max on megapixels that you need. Mm-hmm. And now how can I shoot in different lighting and lower lighting and mm-hmm. still look crisp and clean? Yep. The good thing is most of the time golf is outdoors in the sunlight. So you can get away with a little bit more. Which one of the things
0: that I, I would love to do with you and maybe you can tell me to do in the future is I want to do more night golf photography, right? I mean, if you're playing night golf, how it kind of like glow balls that, or you see, I think Marsh did one with the drone and lighting up the green and the flag. And that stuff is so cool. And you see people who are light painting with the drones, like putting the circles around it. That is the next thing on my list. I really want to give that stuff a shot because it
1: it could be really, really, really cool. I'm exactly with you. I think it's Golf Illuminated I saw yes. on Instagram recently. And obviously, you're going to have to do a lot of Photoshop on those to make it turn out that way. Because to get the light in the right spot, you're going to have to see the drone in the shot. and So you mm-hmm. have to take that out. So it's multiple shots to get it. But it is beautiful. It is. I think it's a good thing to play around with for sure. Yep. So,
0: okay, I think that was good. We we did us, right? The people know who we are. Like I said, we've got about 50 people on our guest list. Now, that doesn't mean we have everybody booked, but we've got some really awesome people lined up that we, we reached out to and teased that are pretty excited about this. But we also have some pretty big dreams that we want to do with this as well. So do you want to talk a little bit about kind of what our future thought of what SnapHook could eventually turn out to be?
1: Yeah, I think it's good to learn from other people, but moving on, we could meet up and take photos together we could go to a course that we have a connection with and that they will let us come out there and play around a little bit and then we'll play some golf in there too because that's always important so it's like could it be a workshop could it be just a reason for all of us to hang out if we're in a different city because you're west coast i'm east coast there's going to be times where i'm going out to sweetens or wherever it may be come meet me let's go play around with some stuff and experiment. Yeah,
0: yeah. I, I love that. The, the meetups are going to be awesome. Maybe some possible very, very far in the future. I have ideas around YouTube type of things that we could possibly dive into. But what I really like to see as a listener, let us know if there's somebody that we don't know about that you would like to hear from. Again, we don't care what their social media status is, but if they're doing really cool stuff, And they're inspiring somebody and they can inspire somebody else. Let's get them on the horn and let's talk to them.
1: And I also think that we could go beyond the actual photographer and talk to a creative director for a brand. Absolutely. What are they looking for to hire as a photographer, videographer, content, whatever it may be, to elevate their product? Yep. And what can you do to get out there a little bit more? Are they going through instagram you never know people find you in a bunch of different ways and if you want to set yourself apart what does that take
0: we should get ritz carlton at half moon bay that creative director who did that shot of the guy (laughs) hitting the ball we should we should talk to them about that thought process
1: (laughs) don't get me started on all the terrible decisions brands are making with photography and it's not just golf it's other sports too people have to know what they're doing Mm -hmm. don't embarrass yourself by showing someone that can't even swing a club and shank a shot and use that in your ad Mm -hmm. for your amazing place Mm -hmm. how many times i've seen really old clubs but not in a i like these old clubs they're just gonna hold the bag yeah yeah they don't know what they're doing
0: yeah let's do it all everything golf golf course golf brands People taking portrait photos of golfers. We're going to do it all here. We're super excited about this. We're thinking bi weekly for drops to start. And then as we continue to kind of build that backlog of photographers and more people on that list, we might eventually get to weekly drops. But we want to be long lasting, right? We don't want to be super fast in and out. We want to make sure that everybody has something to listen to a year, two years down the road.
1: And I also think hearing what we're working on. Yes. How we're getting clients, whoever it may be. And we can start talking about things that no one talks about, like pricing. Yes. Because that is something that I wish more people would discuss because then it elevates everyone. Yes. If we get out there and say, hey, this is what you should be charging, then everyone comes up with you. Yep. I think that that's a good way to look at it. There's plenty of things to shoot in this world. You don't have to hog stuff and we can all work at it together.
0: And your time is worth more than just a free golf bag or a free polo.
1: Because I have way too many golf bags anyways.
0: Same. (laughs) Same. Awesome.
1: Well, let's wrap this up. I'm excited we got the first one under our belt. Now we could actually bring someone in and interview a photographer that's out on the course doing things that we've been talking about. And we can learn from them. Yep. Yeah, very excited to get these started. Very excited for everybody to start listening to them. If you don't already follow us on social, check me out at Golfball Gallery. Check
0: me out at, at Pins and Passports. And if you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a rating, leave us a comment. If there's someone that you want to hear from, slide into our DMs and give us some names of people to interview. Outside of that, keep snapping. Keep on snapping. That
1: was my DJ voice.
0: <laughs> Fucking nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> uh...